in the race in the Pacific. But with a victory tonight in regulation, the Kings would leapfrog the Oilers again back into second. But the Kings' margin is only four points over Vegas for ninth. Each of those teams have 10 games remaining. Only four of the remaining 10 games, one of them being tonight, is at home for the Kings. They've got to take advantage of it. Huge matchup. Let's welcome in the mayor, John Hoven. How are you, John? I'm doing okay, Boom. Big contest tonight going down uh, at the crypto, so we're, we're pumped. It's hockey day in SoCal. Hey, let me start with this big news in the National Hockey League today. Doug Wilson resigns as general manager after 19 years of the San Jose Sharks. He's been battling health issues, stepped away from the team. I did not know that this was coming, um, but he did an amazing job. Two, day, two decades running the Sharks, and they were a playoff team just about every year for a 15 year window he's kind of an intimidating guy i found him to be uh but a straight shooter and did a terrific job your thoughts on the run of doug wilson with the sharks yeah look it's really unfortunate that it's coming to an end this way you know uh being out with health issues for several months and you know the team is uh not not at at its peak like it once was and so they certainly have had some challenges as, as most successful teams eventually do having to try to manage their way through players getting older their core getting older and then salary cap issues and you've seen a number of guys that have left and Pavelski and you know different things like that so uh the glory days were behind I know you were a big supporter of the Sharks for many many years but Doug Wilson just quietly came to work every day did his job built uh solid rosters they were competitive you know for a decade and uh it's just really unfortunate I guess that they didn't win the ultimate prize because that would have uh, you know, sort of elevated Doug Wilson's stock. But you have to give credit to somebody uh, a lot like what we've seen in Nashville. You know, they just come to work and they do their job every single day, and they're really good at it too. Did Sharks fans or uh, Kings fans learn to dislike the Sharks as much as they dislike Ducks or Knights or any other fan base in the Pacific team? Well, look, there's always going to be a rivalry between NoCal and SoCal going all the way back to the Dodgers and the Giants, you know, on the baseball front. So uh, it, it's natural to hate the Sharks. And uh, when, when those two teams were at their peak, and funny enough, when Todd McClellan was the coach of San Jose, you know, there was a lot of hatred, uh, even on into the locker room. You know, Drew Doughty, as an example, was pretty open um, with that. But uh, the rivalry between the, the Kings and the Ducks will always just sort of exist because it's, you know, it's 30 minutes away or 30 miles away, and, it, and there's an L.A. versus Orange County bias. But um, the hatred uh, right now among Kings, amongst Kings fans seems to be pointed uh, most at the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens come playoff time because, uh, personally, I'm looking forward to a, the potential of a Kings-Oilers matchup and a throwback to those early 90s, you know, Smythe uh, rivalries, which were outstanding. Yeah, I, I was reading the other day, I think today is the 42nd anniversary of the meeting in the playoffs, and there were 18 goals scored in it, so maybe we'll get some action tonight. Any conversation about the Kings right now, John, starts with an infirmary report. What's the latest on uh, injuries? Well, we're, we're in that window where the news is starting to become better than it was. Uh, you know, guys like Alex Edler returned to the lineup and, and various people, Ardbitson coming back. Uh, tonight, you get Brendan Lemieux back in the lineup. He's scheduled to play on the fourth line. Uh, he'll play fourth line left wing, his normal spot. You'll have Kapari there at center. Um, so that's going to be a little bit interesting throughout the year. They've tried to have Kapari playing at the wing more than center, but with Blake Lazat out, uh, that, that gives Kapari an opportunity to slide in there. Really what's interesting about that as well is, is that it pushes Carl Grenstrom up to the third line. He's going to play with Byfield and Velarde. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, that is kind of like a traditional 
NHL line, if you will. You have a playmaking center. You have that guy on the wing that can shoot and Velarde and score. And then you have, uh, you know, the old Dustin Brown role, which we referred to Grunster many times as, you know, 23 light. Um, that rough and tumble guy, the guy who's willing to go into the corners and mix it up a little bit and dig for pucks. And so that's going to uh, potentially be a fun line to watch there on the third line. But Brendan Lemieux back and Matt Roy is uh, hopefully right behind him here in the next couple of days. And that'll add to the defense. Uh, they played last week. It went to a shootout. You didn't get the result, but I mean, that game was in Edmonton. What did you notice from the first matchup or the previous matchup? Yeah, what I would say really is that when you look at the Kings right now, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, right? You, uh, you're dealing with a lot of injuries, so you have sort of the built-in excuses. But then when you look at the performance overall with guys out of the lineup and those other players that have filled in, they certainly have filled in admirably better than expected. Um, but then when you look at sort of the most recent sort of sample size, they aren't getting the results they won over the last 10 games. I think they're 5-3-2 and two over the last 10 games. However, they're really in those games outside of the Seattle game, which was a real stinker. Um, they, they've managed to beat, you know, to sort of hang around. So uh, in terms of what we saw in that matchup, uh, you know, no different than pretty much what you see in any Kings game of late. Uh, it's going to be a close game. The Kings are starved for offense. And when you look in the uh, the standings, it's that goal differential column that continues to be a worry for me compared to some of the other teams. The goaltending, when it gets it done, that's fine. But the you know the offense just needs to give a little bit more, uh, whether that's from the blue line or from some of the depth forwards outside of the Deneau line. The Kings need more offense, and they're going to need it tonight. You know to uh, to be able to stave off the Oilers. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me, John, and I talked about this earlier in the week, the way their schedule sets up. In their next four games, including tonight, they are going to be facing Edmonton, Minnesota, and Colorado, three of the heavies in the Western Conference, yet their final six games are going to be against six teams that are not currently in a playoff spot. So you try and get through this week, and then I think if they get through this week in good shape, the schedule sets up for them to close out a playoff spot. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Boom, from a schedule, you know, strength of schedule perspective. But if I'm the Kings, the one thing that I can't do is I can't start to look ahead. I need to worry about the immediate game that's in front of me, and I know you speak, and maybe I've done too many post-game press conferences, but you need to focus on the game in front of you. This game tonight is huge because of where you are in the standings relative to Edmonton. So you need these points tonight. You need this game. You need a win in regulation and, and then you go to the next game. And when you look at those next couple of games, you take them individually as well. They've proven that they can hang with the better teams in the National Hockey League throughout this entire season, basically, whether you're talking about teams out east or even some of the better teams in the west. You look at the six points they picked up, or five points they picked up on the, uh, out of six on the recent road trip through, through Canada, including the Calgary and Edmonton games. So you take each game individually, and then you can't look too far ahead and just assume that you're going to pick up points in those last couple of games as well. Yes. They have games against Chicago, Anaheim, um, Seattle. But, you know, the Kraken did uh, give them a smacking upside the head the other day uh, when, they, when they were in town for two games here in Los Angeles. So you can't take anybody lightly. You can't take any nights off. But the Kings really control their destiny. And that needs to be the message. It's a very simple message. Hey, boys, go out, do your job, which is actually on the, on the wall in the locker room. Do your job. You'll control your own destiny and you'll, uh, you'll, you'll qualify for the playoffs and you don't have to be scoreboard watching, you know, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Mike Smith gets the start for the Oilers tonight. He tends to keep it interesting. Do you have a thought on McClellan and how he's going to use his goalies down the stretch? Well, he's going to go back to Jonathan quick tonight. It was interesting. He went to Cal Peterson for three in a row and 
watching his use of goaltenders has been fascinating this season because coming out of last season, we did expect that Cal was going to get the majority of the starts this year, but it was a pretty even rotation through the first two-thirds of the season. And then uh, McClellan started going to a, a two-game rotation where each goalie was kind of getting two games. So raised a couple eyebrows, mine included, when he went back to Cal for the third game in a row the other night. Going back to Jonathan Quick now, uh, Quick has been the more consistent of the goalies. And, you know, Cal Peterson has had some phenomenal games where he's, he's looked like an all-world goaltender and, and really uh, helped control things. And, you know, then there have been some other nights where he's looked his age and his experience level. So um, it's clearly not a knock on Cal Peterson. He has a long, you know, future in front of him with the L.A. Kings. But as we've talked about throughout the year, boom, Jonathan Quick is not going away lightly. The demise of Jonathan Quick has been greatly exaggerated. He's been uh, more than capable throughout the season this year and has been the more consistent of the goaltenders. And now that we're getting into crunch time, you know that, that Quickie's going to be auditioning for uh, game one of the playoffs should they make it that far. Hey, last one for you before we let you go. Uh, you're going to have one eye on the Frozen Four today. We're going to get into it in a little minute. I'm, I, I wish I could be there watching it right now. Yeah, you know, at one point I was actually planning that trip to the Frozen Four this year after the whole debacle with the World Juniors, but then when they ended up rescheduling the Frozen Four, I'll be headed up to Alberta in August. So in terms of the Frozen Four, the Kings, they had four prospects, one in each quad, and so in a perfect world, all four of the teams would have advanced. We knew that was a long shot, of course. Brock Faber, the only L.A. Kings prospect that's still in it. Um, and, yes, watching with a keen eye because the, the, the hope and the expectation was that Brock Faber, one of their uh, high-end prospects on the blue line, playing at the University of Minnesota, was going to turn pro at the end of the season. But you do have to wonder, with their strong recruiting class coming in for next year, if they weren't able to win a championship, would that be enough of a draw? for Faber to go back for potentially one more year. Um, obviously, the Kings would prefer to have him come out and to be part of the full turn pro, start the year out next year in the, uh, in the American League, and then eventually work his way into the NHL, just like Mikey Anderson did a couple years ago. So uh, Anderson had the privilege of winning back-to-back national championships. Uh, that's not on the, plate right, or on the table right now for Brock Faber. So as a Kings fan, you would hope that the University of Minnesota claims the championship uh, on Saturday night. And then uh, Faber turns pro here, uh, maybe as early as next week. Well, I haven't bothered to check my dial. I'm going to look now because the Masters has been on. I'm hoping that the Frozen Four is on my TV. Maybe TSN is carrying it or something. I'll look that up now. But uh, I would love to be able to watch. It would be fun, and we'll get to see these kids come into the NHL probably as early as next week. Uh, Enjoy the game, John. It's a big one tonight. Yeah, boom. Uh, college hockey is outstanding right now. It's on par with junior hockey in Canada. I know nobody wants to hear that, but a lot of future NHLers in the tournament. You can watch it on ESPN2 in the States, and I'm sure TSN up there uh, north of the border. By the way, Johnny, before you leave, you said no one wants to hear it. I'm happy to hear it, man. I've said it a million times. <laughs> if I had a kid playing hockey, I'd send him to school. Like, Unless you think the junior route is taking you straight to the NHL, why not go get a free education? That's the way I see it. So... I'm not fighting you on this. I'm with you, Boom, all the way.